Hey, Nisha. Hey, I'm so late. I'm so sorry. Hi, Bella. Hey. Should we just start? Yeah. Nisha, are you good to start? Yeah, sorry, there was a little bit of noise. Um, I think she's having issues. Yeah. Giselle, do you have the outline? No, I don't. I think we're just going to share like what we thought, like any ideas we have. Because I have like some things that I came up with. I'm trying to accept, Nisha. Hello? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, am I back? Yeah, yeah you were you gone. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I think I was having, like, connectivity issues or something. Okay, do you want to start? Yes. So, hello, hello everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to Bring the Virtual Balance podcast brought to you by the Office of Health and Wellness at Baruch College. At the office, um, we offer lots of yearly programming um, so, uh, and workshops such as yoga, stress management, public speaking, cooking demonstration, and um, sexual health, and more. Awesome. PAWS, which stands for Peers Advocating for Wellness Services. We encourage healthy lifestyle choices through a variety of workshops. To learn more, you can follow our IG, which is this one, Baruch PAWS, or email us at healthandwellnessapparel.com.au. You can also stop at our office, which is in the um, new MVC room 3-241. And all of our programs that we do relate to the dimensions of the wellness wheel, which are emotional, intellectual, spiritual, occupational, social, and environmental and physical and today we'll be focusing on the emotional intellectual and occupational components um today's podcast is all about the art of keeping your composure this program is designed to help you get more tips and tricks and better handling different situations you may run into but doing so effectively this topic is very broad and the way you may show up varies based off of different environments and situations so let's start off by maybe introducing the topic. What's what's composure? What's the definition of composure? And let's I'll give some examples of what we think composure is. So composure is um, basically calmness. Um, it's being in control of your state of mind. How you even like even how you appear sometimes. Um, However, composure doesn't um, impact just your own state of mind. It also gives support to others, um, especially when they need it the most. Sometimes if you're able to keep your composure, your, a cool head in uh, certain circumstances, you are helping others to do the same. 
Um, those who maintain their composure develop more of a positive can-do attitude, which um, aids them in improving a poor circumstance, a situation, or just like a uncomfortable encounter that they might have had. The worst and even the best of us um, can be brought out by anxiety, worry, um, frantic energy, yet more now than ever, um, we need a role model and to better like model leadership. And that encourages people to remain centered, composed and productive. So that's composure and its importance. Yeah, I want to add to that. Um, also, like for me, I'll say it's like self-possession of your feelings, controlling your feelings and um, have, being calm in like stressful situations. For instance, like let's say you just got like news like some news that you were not expecting and you're in front of others and you want to cry the ability to hold on to your tears that's um having composures not losing control and not letting go of your emotions so that's also how i see you controlling your emotions like in stressful situations or in situations where you wouldn't want to express um how you're feeling or lose control of your um, emotions for me i definitely agree with everything you guys said and i think especially in the work setting I think composure and respect go really hand in hand because like say you're disagreeing with your boss or your supervisor and you have these emotions you're angry and like you want you feel like you want to say something you want to fight back or say something mean or unprofessional and disrespectful you want to be composed and collect your thoughts and collect your emotions and be the most respectful you can and I think the way like the way of being respectful is by being composed so that's I think they go like really hand in hand together Nisha you have any examples of how you keep your composure um sorry I just lost a little bit of service um Yes, I do have some examples. Um, sometimes when I'm in like the workplace, um, there might be something that I don't particularly agree with, but I find it important to um, just assess the situation before like reacting to it. Um, and then basically I would like come back to it at a later time. Um, so for instance, if there's like a topic that doesn't really sit that well with me, I will try my best to communicate it and see if it's worth like discussing my reasons for not like getting it, um, like agreeing with the other person. And if I see that maybe like the situation is getting a little too intense, the other person seems heated up, I will save my opinions for later and still like express myself, but do it in more of a like um, productive way. I I wish I could like I don't want to say I wish I could but I I'm like actively working towards being able to do that especially like in the workplace I think I'm more I'm able I'm more able to do that but in personal life especially in like relationships I feel like we feel more comfortable expressing our feelings and sometimes they get the best of us and we might say things that we don't mean or that we don't want to share and they may end up really hurting the person you're speaking them to so keeping your composure I think if, at least for me like in personal life is definitely more difficult than in professional life but I think it's it's just as important to be in check with your feelings um and know how much your words how how 
how much power your words carry. Yeah, actually for that, I think it would be like if you're having um problems with like someone that you love i think it would be best to also write your feelings down in a journal like write down all the frustrations that you may be feeling towards that person express your emotions and um like don't give them the letter but like just write everything you're feeling and even destroy the letter i think that would also help um help you feel calm and like control your emotions but also not hurt someone that you love but you're able to express your emotions and how you're feeling in a respectful way yeah so um what do you guys think influences how we maintain our composure because there's so many factors that go into it what what do you guys um, think i think composure can be a little like complex because sometimes like us as humans it's just not possible to um keep our composure but i do feel like there's things that influence it like consequences um, just in reality, sometimes people don't think that consequences are worth it. Um, it might result in different things that we might have to put up with later that even if it's like the right thing to do in certain circumstances, it results in a lot of pain and detriment. Um, so consequences, rewards, um, how rewarding it might be to keep your composure, um, your upbringing, how you were taught values and those are some factors um so for instance rewards could be like incentives outcomes um what you get out of keeping a cool head um some people believe more in it than other people um but that depends on like what like what's normal to you um for me like i like keeping my composure in circum in in certain circumstances because i feel like it's rewarding when i know that i've developed that skill but in other circumstances there's more consequences of keeping your composure than there are um benefits and i also feel like another reward could be creating like better interpersonal connections and relationships with others and I, I think for, for people who are maybe like not as skilled as keeping their composure, keeping those two things in mind, consequences and rewards can really help you go back to like to that feeling of composure and it helps you like maybe center yourself a little bit, even if you don't like right in that moment you're not able to keep your composure because of like personal reasons like you think it's the right thing to do you're not you're not there yet in like the journey to keeping your composure but thinking of those consequences thinking that back that like oh if I don't keep my composure I'll, I'll get fired if I don't keep my composure I'll lose this friendship or uh, I'll have bad reputation so even keeping that in mind can help someone develop develop their their journey and their like self self-awareness yeah adding to that i also think that it's important to see how people like look at you because if you lose your composure people have like this certain reputation of you and how they see you and like losing your composure in front of like some people you value or people that you don't want to lose the reputation you have against them that also might affect you so i'm um, thinking about that because if you put yourself in this situation and see like that someone like how they're acting how will you view that situation i think that also helps because um you might do something that you're gonna regret and then you're gonna be like oh why would i do this in front of this person and now they're gonna look at me this certain way so i think that also influences someone um 
who's like gonna lose their composure, like keeping their reputation. And I think if, since we're talking in kind of in the workplace, um, some people may think that if you say you should keep your composure and stay calm and quiet, you're not being assertive and you're kind of acting like a doormat, like letting people walk all over you. But I don't think that's true at all. I think um, not letting your emotions get the best of you is the strongest you can be because sometimes I believe that silence is speaks more than a thousand words. I think that's the saying. Like, I think it's being um, being quiet is not necessarily being walked on by other people. I think it. I think it can be being quiet can be a very loud statement, especially in the workplace because yeah, i think it shows like who you are as a person and that you're not letting someone else's feelings affect you and that you're still like self-possessing like your emotions because even even in a fight like when there's a fight and like someone's screaming at someone and that person is just staying quiet and like sitting calm and straight that's literally just shutting the person down because they're not letting that person's emotions affect the person that's being insulted um, I also wanted to add, I feel like it's important to understand, um, like, composure versus suppressing yourself. So you could still have composure, but still be, like, assertive, passionate, and a leader. Um, but when I say don't let your emotions get the very best of you, it doesn't mean, oh, if you feel some type of way, don't talk about it, don't cry or react. You could still very much be reactive, but there's like, I guess, certain times there's a way of going by it. So maybe don't start getting angry with another person and reacting in a very like, maybe physical way, or you're screaming, or you're making the environment around you uncomfortable. Um, so when I say like, stay passionate and assertive, and don't let your emotions get the very best of you, it means like, don't take it super far where now you're hurting other people around you it's okay to feel what you feel but you don't want to create a damaging work setting and um maybe to clear up a little bit of confusion i think we should differentiate between emotions and feelings um because emotions are what we subconsciously feel emotions are sadness happiness fear anger surprise and disgust and those are things like say there's a there's a lion charging at me i'm going to feel fear and that's something that i can't control that's something that is just going to happen or if something um surprising happens i'm going to react by like saying something like whoa or or giving making a face those are those are things i don't control those are my my subconscious manifestations and this we have no control over but feelings are different from emotions because feelings are how we experience those emotions. So say someone is feels anger, they may, two different people may experience that anger in two different ways. I may become isolated or, or become quiet when I'm angry. Another person may become aggressive and physical when they're angry. So feelings are something that we do have control over and something that that vary from person to person. So it's important to to know that you can't control your emotions. It's not something you shouldn't feel bad about not being able to control your emotions because that's just what happens. If you're sad, you're just sad. But how you react and how you experience those emotions, you do have control over. So that I think it's it's 
it's important to differentiate when talking about composure and not shaming yourself that you're feeling sad and you think that you shouldn't, but you have no control over your sadness. Yeah, um, I think that's a good way to differentiate between emotions and feelings. I feel like sometimes a lot of people get it confused because they like to like, it's really easy to like intertwine the two. Um, but, you know, just like Bella mentioned, feelings are just a bit more specific than emotions. Um, and they have like, feelings can have different results and you could experience it differently based on various factors. Um, when someone feels something, um, something about a, a situation, it could mean, a, ver a variety amount of things. It could, it could mean something that they believe in was disrupted or their um, upbringing influenced their feelings about something. Um, however, emotions are more like what you feel right in the moment subconsciously that you can't really control. But feelings have more to do with like reasoning and like a m more broken down, like specific reasoning why your emotions are kicking in the way they are. Um, Anyways, um, how this is relating to all of like our topic about composure, it's because most experienced leaders have um, already developed the skill in like being able to control their feelings and their emotions and work settings. And they're aware that passion is crucial, but suppressing their feelings is very pointless and damaging. So it's important to recognize that when expressing your emotions, you keep a cool head and a kind tone of voice when things are difficult. So try not to yell, get angry, get aggressive. Now, this doesn't mean to um, like, don't be assertive. The two are very different. Um, have an upbeat body language. However, employees will perceive you in being out of control or overly passionate about current circumstances if you lack the ability to keep keep yourself in control in different um, times. So it's actually known that a lot of like the most successful people and like strong willed leaders are able to communicate um, their worry and care while keeping their cool um, head and a connection with others without letting their emotion get in the way. And with that in mind, um, let's talk about some tips and tricks and strategies on how to keep your composure. Giselle, do you wanna, do you wanna start us off? Yeah, so I think um, one way to like keep your composure is talking, calling a friend, honestly, like rant them, like rant to them about the situation, talk about how you're feeling. And honestly, I think a friend would also like always be helpful because, um, you know, they care about you. So they would share, like they would give you some tips on what to do and what not to do and what might affect you as a person. So, um, it doesn't even have to be a friend. It can also be like your mom, your brother, or like sibling, someone that you trust and that you know. I think it's also important to take feedback because, um, and don't take things personally. Like when someone says something, I think it's important to um, body what the person is saying and not take it as like an insult because also that might affect like your emotions. So um, yeah, definitely call someone that you trust and that, um, you know, someone that, that could give you tips on how to like confront a situation. And to add on, I think um, that other person can also give you another perspective mm -hmm. because you may think that something the other person said to you is like so horrible, but then they may like tell you, oh, it's not Nothing. actually that bad or like that's not really what they meant. Or I think you're taking it like the wrong way. And I think even if you don't want to talk to someone or don't want to share what you Giselle mentioned before about just writing it down. 
that's also like an outlet, kind of like a ear to to hear your what you're feeling. Yeah, another one could be also identifying your triggers. So like what particular situations are like patterns that are setting you off in your mood. Um, think about maybe like over the last six months, have there been any patterns that you've picked up on that you're realizing, okay, like this is this is taking my head to a different place. Maybe I shouldn't be here in um, these moments, or maybe there is something that you could possibly avoid. Avoiding something is not always a bad thing. Sometimes we have to do those things in order to like maintain our mental health. So if something is not, for instance, like 100% mandatory to show up to, if if it's really costing you your mental health, then pick up on those patterns and be able to identify your triggers so you can be a healthier person overall. Um, and chances are this is going to eventually um, affect the people around you as well. Because if you're able to do that and you know, be in control with where you are um, and like just being able to be like hyper aware of that then your the people around you are going to be better too because let's say that you you get set off by something that happens at work what's going to happen you're going to come home you're going to take it on your family or something like that and it's just a chain reaction like a domino effect of a bunch of stress um yeah another one i think um is it's a, kind of a cliche but it does work is counting to 10 and it's literally if you're met with if you're in front of a situation that's causing you stress that's making you angry or stressed or scared sad if you just step back count to 10 like close your eyes don't think about it for those 10 seconds you will your perspective will change drastically even if not drastically it'll help you center yourself and um sometimes um i see interviews with um like psychologists or like famous people but there's this one psychologist um in particular who i admired the way he he speaks because i guess he's like considered controversial so he gets controversial questions and then um when the interviewer asks him something he doesn't immediately answer he doesn't like feel that he has to fill the silence with something he takes a second he takes some time to think about his answer, to think what, about what he's going to say, to collect himself, and then he speaks. And I think it's very admirable and it's hard to do, but it's, I think it's really a really, really helpful strategy. And it's so simple, like you could just try it. Yeah, adding another simple like thing, it's taking like a few deep breaths, like as you said, it, it may be cliche, but like breathing slowly through your nose and exhaling through your mouth can um that oxygen can help your body feel calm and it can help you um think like not to act up, um inappropriately or aggressively so it also like makes you think and even with meditating like people sometimes meditate because they're in a stressful situation and it helps them feel better so taking those few um deep breaths also helps in like um controlling your composure and not losing it and i think that like actually slows down your heartbeat a little mm -hmm. bit so it can calm you down like physically as well yeah for sure um another thing could also be like taking um like not to take things personally for instance um so what i mean like before anybody might jump to conclusions about what it means to not take things personally i want to share that like when i at least when i first thought about it i would think oh you know like let me just ignore what this person said they didn't mean it but you know some things are personal and sometimes people do have that intent but um 
what I like, what I mean by this is to like, if somebody's having a bad day, right. Or if somebody's being angry and they're hashing out on you, of course, you know, react to it in a respectful way, but don't internalize their criticism and their words because at the end of the day, people's like reactions and issues and how they might react towards you. That says more about them than it does say about you. Um, so if somebody's like deliberately trying to put you down, it's clear that they're doing it for a reason. They want to see a reaction out of you. They want to see you get heat up, get your blood boiling. But if you start to internalize those things, then you're just going to live your life thinking, oh, you know, maybe this person is right. Or I should believe everything that comes out of their head because of the way that they say it. A lot of people can be very like manipulative and they have a way of saying things, but that doesn't mean you should believe them because a lot of the times, like even in the workplace, like your boss, you might not realize even the people that you work with have a tendency of doing this where they might criticize you, but maybe they do it in a more personal way. And you think, Hey, because they're being professional about it, they're like pretty legitimate, right? I should take what they say, but leave, like leave it at work and don't like go home thinking, oh, you know, maybe I am like unorganized and I like, I'm a little bit of a mess. Um, so basically try to like know your worth, but like differentiate those two. And I think um, when someone is being like this to you, a lot of the time they're just projecting what they're feeling onto you. So when they're saying, I had this situation not that long ago where, um, my supervisor, like my mentor at my job, she was telling me all these things that I did wrong today and like pointing everything out that I did wrong, which is like kind of out of the ordinary. And I was like at first like hurt by it. And I was like, oh, why is she, why is she like telling me all these things? Like, am I actually like doing everything wrong? Like, am I really bad at this? And then I realized she was probably having a bad day. She was probably going through something. She, maybe she did something wrong. So she is trying to make herself feel better about me doing things wrong. Or maybe she's just trying to get her anger or sadness out some other way. So it's not, it's not always personal. And I mean, it, it, like it, they do make it sound personal and you may take it personal. But thinking like having that thought that like this helicopter view that it's not always about you and you don't have to take it to heart is help will help your mental health as well and i think um differentiating between constructive and out of boundary criticism plays a big role here um nisha mentioned that that constructive criticism is something that is actually helpful like in my situation um just telling me that i did everything wrong and like i'm like i'm bad at what i'm doing that's, I would say, is out of boundary criticism. It's not really helping me grow. It's not allowing for any, like, for any development on my part. But telling me, oh, you, you did this thing wrong. Maybe try doing it another way next time. Or next time you should try doing it this way and not that way. That's constructive criticism. And that will not only help you keep composed, in a situation when someone is giving you criticism but it'll actually help you like grow and develop skills and get better at what you're doing so i think this is all the time we have for
for today. So if you have, if you guys have any concluding thoughts. Um, I think that'll be it. Yeah, that'll be it. So with that, everything in mind, um, thank you everyone for tuning in, tuning into our conversation and, um, it will be available on Spotify so you can hear back and listen to our strategies and stories again, if you want to. Um, make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at Brooke Pause. And if you have any questions, you can email us at um, joy.allison at brook.cuny.edu or visit us in our office at 3-241. Bye, everyone. Bye.